Hey, what's happening, guys? Welcome back to the channel. Had a great time talking to the awesome Brooke Mayo. I hope you guys enjoy the segment and interview. Hey, Brooke, how's it going? This is Dave. Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, Brooke. So, um, so you've had like a lengthy combined amateur and pro MMA career. How do you deal with like nerves and pressure um, leading up to like either an yeah. MMA fight or like a, a BJJ match? You're saying like the difference between like getting ready for the jiu-jitsu versus MMA or just in general like uh, any competitions, how do I get ready? Yeah, like um, e- either or. I'm sure there's like differences, but um, how do you like mentally prep for like the, the anxiety? Do you get like nervous? Yeah, like, it was funny because I would get really, really nervous, like, my amateur career especially because I didn't have any uh, prior experience in, like, combat sports or martial arts. So Mm -hmm. um, I would get really, really nervous. And then you could see, like, when I'd fight, like, I would fight really, (laughs) like, uh, like, come out the first round like crazy. And then after, like, I mean, I did have 14 amateur fights, mm-hmm. so after, like, I want to say, like, the fifth or sixth one, and then I did some jiu-jitsu tournaments, like, I actually kind of, like, stopped getting nervous, which is weird, just because I think I just had so much, like, I got into such a rhythm of competing, it just felt normal after a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say, like, Right before my uh, pro debut, like, I wasn't nervous at all. Like, it was weird. I woke up like it was a normal day. (laughs) And then, but the nerves hit me when I walked out and saw how big the crowd was. I was like, oh, crap. Like, and I felt, like, it's more like I'm, I'm sensitive to, um, I want to say, like, I don't know, it sounds like a hippie, but I'm sensitive to energy. So, like, Mm -hmm. I felt that energy and I was like, whoa. Like, (laughs) I wasn't even hearing the sound. It was just feeling the vibration (laughs) being in the uh, SAP center. So, before, like, I mean, like, I like to meditate. Like, before I started training martial arts, like, I'd meditate, visualize. And, like, I I kind of just visualize the good and the bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I look at, like, best case and worst case scenario. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you only look at the good stuff, then you're going to be, like, kind of... Um, shell-shocked if you get put in a bad position when you get in there. Mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. about, like, best-case scenario, worst-case scenario, and I think training with the people I train with has helped that, too. Because mm-hmm. um, I train with a lot of men, so yeah. I get put in bad situations a lot of the time because I'm just physically, like, not at the same level. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like, it could be like this, um, or it could, it could be like this best-case scenario, or it could be like this worst-case scenario. So... I always just try to, like, think about everything when I go in there. And then just, um, my dad also gave me this book when I was growing up. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. Mm -hmm. So that's a sports psychology book. It's not just about tennis, but it's about sports psychology and how to deal with mistakes. Like, once you're in a game or in a match or in a fight, Mm -hmm. um, how to, like, kind of take that mistake and just throw it out the window and keep moving. So those things I feel like have helped me like mentally prepare for certain situations. Like I'm not perfect and like every day is different. Mm -hmm. So um, I try my best though to just put myself in like 
an emotional state, like more just business, like, hey, like, (laughs) I don't feel any type of way towards this person, even if I don't like them or have beef or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I like them too. Like, that's a hard thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the person you're fighting or Mm -hmm. do like the person you're going to compete against. Um, Yeah. Do you find out? I'm sorry, Brooke. I'm sorry. Do you find it more difficult to compete against somebody that you like versus someone that you dislike? Because I'm like, I'm sure it throws your, it could throw your game off. Yeah, like I mean, um, like I said, I've gotten a lot better of like kind of removing myself from the emotional part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a little bit harder, like to want to hurt somebody that you know you are friends with. Like I compete against a girl uh, for fight to win pro she's a brown belt and I had trained with her before and I really liked her as a person yeah. and I was like oh this is so weird you know like I want to I want to submit her and I want to like you know win mm-hmm. in um, a devastating way but at the same time it's like shit like I really like her yeah <laughs> and I really like you know it's a way into it's like super hard because I'm like trying to be like professional and she's like hey, like give me a hug mm-hmm. I'm like oh, I'm like I'm gonna hug her back you know so yeah it is I think a little bit harder when I like the person but then again there are people that will play that game of they want you to get comfortable with them so they're gonna be a little fake with it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I've seen guys do this before where they'll um, you know like oh hey guys hey what's up you know, what's up bro like <laughs> And they don't know the person, but I think they're trying to, like, kind of, like, trap them in that web of, like, friendship almost. Yeah, yeah. Get get caught off guard, you know? Mm -hmm. So I try to just, like I said, the the beforehand, like, the weigh-in is different than the day of the fight. Like, Mm -hmm. the day of the fight, I just try to go blank Mm -hmm. in my head about all that stuff. So that's kind of something that's helped me prepare is just, like, you know, this is is business. It's not personal, good Mm -hmm. or bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a job to do and like they're in my way. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of look at it. <clears throat> no, that's a really smart approach. Um, you know, um, there was like a, a UFC event that just took place and I'm sure you saw it or heard about it. Um, it was a Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem. And I was thinking about mm-hmm. like him, like, you know, uh, Overeem, like having a, uh, compete against Walt Harris after the whole situation with his daughter and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to, like, shut things off. And it's just a job, like you said. And afterwards, you could be cool and hugging everything, you know? Yeah. And that's why, like, a lot of people, like, um, like Nate, for example, and Nick, like, they don't shake hands before the fight. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, it's disrespectful. It's about sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. But really, it's, it's tactical. Like, you know, you don't want to touch, get comfortable touching somebody, Yeah, you know, or, like, feeling like, like I said, some type of way about them right before you're about to go in there. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, they have bad intentions for you. You have bad intentions for them. Yeah. But it's not a personal thing. It's not like, oh, I hate you. I want to hurt you. It's more just like, hey, I, I need to hurt you to get paid. <laughs> right, you know? right, yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's business. And I think a lot of people, especially as the sport evolves, like, I think a lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. Especially on the women's side of things, I've noticed, like, girls get take things very personally mm-hmm. like because i will say stuff you know like hey like you know i, I want this fight or i want that fight and mm-hmm. people take that very like personal and like take it almost as a like disrespect and i'm like if anything like i i feel like if someone calls me out to fight me or to mm-hmm. compete against me i take that as like the utmost respect because i'm mm-hmm. like you know i know 
I know what I bring to the table in terms of the excitement factor. Yep. Am I perfect? No. Do I have a perfect record? Hell no. You know, I, I mm-hmm. came into this, um, you know, I came into the sport from a completely different sport. Mm-hmm. So I know I have a lot of learning to do and like I'm still like growing mm-hmm. in terms of like my fight IQ and my skill set. But when I call people out, it's not... I hate you or I don't like you. It's <laughs> yeah. more like, hey, this is, this is business. Like, let's get paid. Mm-hmm. Let's get the fans what they like, you know, because right now, like I said, there's a lot of politics going on. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, things that are changing and evolving in the MMA world. And sometimes you don't get to see as exciting of matchups anymore mm-hmm. due to those facts, you know, like yeah. due to the fact that, you know, oh, I can't fight this person <clears throat> because this, this, and this reason or, you know, like, people make up whatever excuse they want to make up to not fight people, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, it's like, hey, stylistically, what's the most exciting matchup we can put together? And that's all it should really be based on, not feelings, not, you know, uh, he said, she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should just be based on, like, stylistic matchups, you know? Mm-hmm. Agree, with, agree with you. Um, just to touch on, on one thing about Nick and Nate Diaz, like, for the, the flack they get online about that, that's just silly because... I've never seen them disrespectful after a fight. They're so like cool and like, you know, they give their opponent like respect. Um, I remember when, um, when Nick fought, um, Frank Shamrock, he like held them up. He was calling him a legend, you know, super cool. But, um, Brooke, I wanted to talk to you about, um, your first like martial arts experience, your first training and like, why did you get into martial arts in the first place? Uh, so like when I was younger, like I want to say like, I want to say my interest sparked like when I was like 13, mm-hmm. uh, my dad and I watched boxing and we watched MMA and like, I would watch, you know, um, the ultimate fighter in high school, like with, um, Rashad Evans and Kimbo or not Kimbo size, uh, Rampage Jackson. Kimbo was on the episode too. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember like watching like all those, uh, you know, fights, <laughs> the show, Mm-hmm. Like I said, I really love Chuck Liddell a lot. Like Chuck was, was the man. Like, one of my favorites. Yeah. And uh, I just was a big <clears throat> fan like when I was in high school. So I played soccer and that was like kind of my life like commitment. Mm-hmm. And I went to college and played and everything. When I got injured and like couldn't really continue with my career. So it kind of like put me in a weird space of like re- reinventing like who I was. So mm-hmm. I um, did some yoga, did like, you know, long distance bike rides and all this stuff to try to like kind of recover from my injury. And then, um, one day somebody was like, Hey, like, uh, maybe you should try jujitsu. And I was like, what? Like, what's that? <laughs> like, you know, and then I was like, Oh wait, like I watched MMA, like it's a grappling. That's cool. Maybe I could like try and see how I do. Um, so my first training experience was in, um, Dublin house Gracie's, uh, gym. Mm-hmm. And, he was actually my first day coach. Like I went in there and like, it was a morning class. So like there was no one in there at all. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the gym and he was like standing there and I'm like, Hey, like I want to try jujitsu. He was like, <laughs> okay. He was like, put this, put this on. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like I was like, what are these pajamas? I was like, all right. So I put the gi on and then like, Within the first, like, I want to say, like, two training sessions, like, I was completely, like, hooked. Hooked? Like, That's awesome. Twice. Yeah, like, I was, like, I was in college still was my senior year, so I would go twice a day. I would, like, literally go to the 11 a.m. class, drive mm-hmm. back to school, yeah, uh, take my classes, and then drive back again for the night class. Wow. I did that for, like, months. So, I, um, 
I really loved it, like, right away. I mean, I, I was awful, you know, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I <laughs> really had an answer for anything people were, you know, doing to me. But that's yeah. why I kind of liked it in a weird way because mm-hmm. I was – I like challenges. Like, I, I'm not a, like – I'm not one of those people that gets discouraged if I don't pick it up in the first, mm-hmm. you know, couple weeks. Because I, I played soccer at, like, a high level, so I do know how many hours it takes to become, you know, uh, proficient mm-hmm. in a skill. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, like, stubborn about it. Yep. So I really enjoyed it a lot. And he was, like, a really great coach because he, you know, very traditional Gracie jiu-jitsu like that's like pretty much the highest level of jiu-jitsu training you could really get right right so I was really lucky to have him as a coach in the beginning mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's awesome and it's crazy like the psychology also like um you know because I got some training in MMA and stuff like that myself and I've grappled and uh it's like it's like an ego thing sometimes where like some people can take not being good at something and then they'll come back and try to get better. And some people just like avoid it. Like it's like a, it's like a humbling experience, you know? Um, I, I think martial arts it's you know, it's a great thing for everybody to experience. You know, I think you need to be humbled like that. Um, but, uh, Brooke, so what do you prefer to compete in? Um, uh, mixed martial arts or, or BJJ? Like what's, what's more fun to you or fulfilling? Uh, honestly, I love MMA. Um, jitsu is something like I'll do forever. Like I'll compete in like masters 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like I'll always like, love jujitsu cause it was my first martial art, um, that I ever trained. But mm-hmm. I feel like MMA is like, extremely fulfilling to me just because I feel like the mental toughness aspect is a little bit different. Like obviously jujitsu, like you have to be extremely mentally tough to do that and you do still get nervous for that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like MMA, um, in terms of like, you know, the sport as a whole is like extremely humbling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, I feel like you know, it it takes a special type of person to be able to like be willing to go in there. And, it like, does get punched in the face. Yes, like, you know, a lot of jujitsu guys can't make the transition. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it really does, and it's like. Um, it's not like a total bad thing either. Like, I understand what you're saying. Like, it takes a special type of person to, to, to go in there and, and, um, you know, even in training, like to just take that punishment and enjoy it and then come back. Um, yeah, that's, that's so funny. Uh, but there's so much to like mixed martial arts to like learn. So I'm sure like with the way your brain works, like how like, um, BJJ intrigued you, the complexity and everything, like with everything with MMA, that that's probably like what sucked you in too, right? Like all the things you have to learn and get good at. Yeah, like I I think that I think I like MMA too because there is a little bit more of a creative element to it. Like jujitsu, um, you could be creative, but like at the end of the day, like there's these moves and you don't really deviate. Like it's not like you can invent like a whole new move. People try to say they do, but they all stem from like the same moves, the same transitions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like chess. But I feel like when it comes to MMA, you can throw strikes and things that are very unorthodox and you can mesh it all together. And like, there's, I feel like there's more combinations and I think there's a lot more 
room to be creative, like, you know, on the feet, on the ground, you know, like there's just, there's just so much more you can do with it. And I think too, like a lot of people, sometimes it's funny to me, like I, I hear people say like, oh, you throw this kick wrong, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, like in Muay Thai, it would be wrong. In MMA, it's not necessarily wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's funny because you have people from like very strict disciplines and backgrounds come in and say this is wrong. Like a wrestler is going to look at my shot and be like, that's that's wrong for this, this, and this reason. But then it's like you see me in a fight and I hit the takedown and and get it. Like it's like, well, was that wrong? Like, you know what I mean? like <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I pull it off, is it wrong technically? Like I get what you're saying. Like from a certain disciplines perspective yeah that's completely wrong and it looks bad or whatever but and and that's what's cool about mma you could make it work and you can adapt it to that sport pretty easily so um and like i said i'm still learning and, and i think it's cool like you see a lot of fighters evolve a lot like over the years some fighters don't like but a lot of fighters do like Gaethje, for example, he evolved a lot in his last fight against Tony, and like it was a lot mental of a you know mental thing too. He explained in his post-fight speech, um, but I think too like you know he made adjustments like based on you know um, based on like what was working and what wasn't working for him in fights. But he still like kind of still has his own style. So I think that's why I like MMA is like you can have your own style you can make adjustments you can evolve but like there's not as strict rules and regulations in terms of like the formula of how to fight right right so that's why i kind of like it's more it's just more expressive it is more of an art form you know like mm-hmm. you can't tell picasso oh you, you're painting wrong like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean? like, people tried to say that you know i'm sure when he first started painting like that's wrong you know oh, you're right not, you're not sticking to this like um, these aesthetics or, you know, this style, this is wrong, you know? And it's like, it's actually not wrong, it's beautiful, you know? So yeah, I, that's why I like MMA a lot. Yep. You know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, it's funny, like, uh, when I used to spar, like, my coach used to always, um, like, people would be like, oh, you got your hands down and da-da-da-da. And uh, my coach is awesome, but he used to always tell me, um, you know, I don't really care like what you're doing as long as like when you engage like then your hands come up so like um if somebody like michael venom page or anison silva listen to like the traditional way to do things they probably wouldn't have been as good as they are you know with the whole flowing and, mm-hmm. and doing it the way um what works for you like how you touched on um but brooke um so um the biggest obstacle obstacle you've ever had to like overcome in your life, if if you're willing to share that. Yeah, um, like definitely, I think losing my soccer career, like to my injury, like that was probably like the, my biggest challenge I had to overcome. Um, you know, because like it wasn't only like a physical um, injury, but I felt like the depression that came with that was pretty real like it it really like um it really like messed with me like and I was very young like I was like I want to say 17 18 19 when I was dealing with all that so and like it's funny because I had a professor that had talked to me about he's like you know you're basically like suffering like a major loss right now and you're like trying to deal with you know the like the stages of you know, sadness that come with that. Like, you know, first it's like losing a person, right? 
Yeah, like, you know, because I had, like, um, since I was five, I played soccer. And, like, I really committed, like, my whole life to it. I had goals and dreams to be pro and, like, go, you know, play abroad. And I played semi-professionally with some of the best players in the world. So it was, like, a really, um, you know, it was a really hard fall for me. So I think that was, like, something that was really big. And then also the type of injury I had was so rare. Like, they couldn't really they couldn't really explain to me like how to get better. And that's what was frustrating too. Cause I was willing to do whatever it took, like whatever rehab, whatever, you know, um, medication, like whatever, um, therapy program I was willing to do it, but they were straight up were saying to me, like, we don't know how to treat this right now. Like, well, wow. Sorry. It's kind of scary. Um, I went, yeah, it was scary. And like when you're 18, like you're like, I don't know if I'm going to walk again. Cause it was, I had, um, chronic exertional compartment syndrome which is where your muscle gets too big for the fascia and a lot of people suffer like nerve damage wow. uh, I, do, I did suffer from nerve damage um in both of my legs um you also like sometimes like my feet you know i lose feeling in my feet um so there's a lot of things that happen with that like i went from being like you know top three runner on the team to like not really being able to run very well like, I, I'm able to run, and I've recovered um, for the most part, but it's definitely not the same as I used to be, like, prior to the injury. Right, right. So I think that was, like, the biggest challenge was, like, okay, like, now you've lost something that was, like, a main part of your life. Like, how are you going to deal with this physically? Like, how are you going to deal with, you know, the anxiety of the unknown of, hey, I don't know what I'm going to be like in 10 years from now. Um how are you going to, you know, reinvent myself because that was, like, my identity. So that was, like, a big challenge. But I think um, after, like, I kind of mourned, like, the loss for, like, I want to say a couple months, I, like, didn't do anything. Like, I was, like, didn't work out. And for me, that was, like, not, you know, that was very abnormal for me. Um, So after, like, not working out for a long time and, you know, being really sad, I just was like, you know, I'm done with this. Like, I'm <laughs> done with the pity party. <laughs> like, I'm done with, like, feeling sorry for myself. And I'm just going to have to, like, find a new way, you know? Yeah. So um, that's what jujitsu helped me with was, like, giving me, like, a new outlet, mm-hmm. helping me, like, you know, redirect, like, my focus to something positive mm-hmm. versus focusing on, like, what I didn't have. I'm like, oh, like, I can't run for two hours, but I can do jujitsu for, like, two to four, <laughs> four yeah. hours every day no problem you know wow so that's what was really cool for me yeah and like your accomplishments um you know it's like a testament to like your your mental toughness and like fortitude um in 2019 you placed third in the world jiu-jitsu no no gi championships right mm-hmm. that's incredible yeah yeah, I'm I'm bummed I didn't get first. Obviously, I'm super competitive. Yeah, but like I'm, you know, it's it is a big deal. Like there, it was a pretty stacked weight class. Like Sarah mm-hmm. McMahon was in there with me. I really love her. Mm-hmm. She's um, a beast. Yep. The girl that I, yeah, the girl that I lost to, I only lost to her by two points, and it was a very small mistake. And she ended up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, like I'm really not that far off. Oh, like, absolutely not. Yeah, it's, like, a good, like, reality check. And, like I said, it's a humbling experience. Like, hey, like, at the end of the day, it's good to do things like that because, you know, you can really just figure out, like, where you really are in terms of, like, certain skills. Like, I, um, you know, there's been a lot of things I've been working on 
with my coach, Randy Spence, and, like, you know, I, I was never comfortable being a guard puller. And then I started pulling guard and, and really executing a lot of the techniques we've been working on. So, like, in itself, like, that's a big win. You know, like, I'm more versatile now. Um, I have, like, more tools now than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of positive that came out of it. But it's a humbling experience because it's – I went from a soccer uh, background, which is a team sport. Like, oh, so-and-so didn't pass me the ball, you know, like – you can kind of sometimes make an excuse. Like here, it's like you can't really do that. Like it's like an <laughs> yeah. individual sport where you're like, shit, like it's all on you. Well, I have to watch that film back and look at the fact that, oh, like I ended up going on bottom. I should have stood up and come on top and gotten my two points, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, that's why I like it too. It's very like, it's very real and it's very honest, you know? And you mm-hmm. can't, you can't make an excuse. I mean, a lot of people still do, <laughs> I'm sure, but mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's it's good for me to be like like honest with myself and to be objective and like look at my fights and look at my competitions and be like, hey, like you you know even in my pro debut, it's like, hey, look, you were like one shot away from like finishing the fight, you know, or you know one move away from um, submitting the person. So how do you fix that? You know what I mean? How do you move forward mm-hmm. versus like, Oh, I quit. I lost. I quit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, um, you definitely learn more from, uh, failures and losses because they, you know, like you touched on, like it tells you what you have to fix, you know, and then you just come back better. So is that like a goal of yours to, um, to place first? Yeah, for sure. Like every tournament I do, like I always want first, um, especially like the IBJJF, it's nice to place first. It, it matters with your ranking. Um, I I just hate losing. Like it just, I honestly like, I'm one of those people like I don't. I walk away and I like will think about it for like weeks. <laughs> like I kind of like overthink it. But um, I always want to place first, just because I know like I am so close and I am capable of you know being in first place. All of my losses, like you know, there's been a couple where I just straight lost you know but i feel like Mm -hmm. most of them like i lose by like very small margins or by like kind of dumb technicalities so Mm -hmm. um which is almost more frustrating sometimes because i'm like oh my gosh it was like literally like seconds away from going the other way yeah yeah that's that's the beauty i guess of the game and of the sport is just like hey look it it comes down to like not even inches but centimeters sometimes and seconds right so um it just motivates me to like keep training and just get better technically and just be more focused. You know, each, mm-hmm. like you said, each each loss kind of like refocuses me to a new topic that I need to work on, mm-hmm, a new mm-hmm. area. So I'm kind of happy in a way I'm dealing with all this now, like in the beginning of my career, because I see a lot of other people. Um, it's the opposite for them. They have a very easy like. Um, journey in the beginning of their career and then they face their first challenge and they kind of crumble. Like you've seen that with a lot of um, people with like quote-unquote perfect records. Mm-hmm. Like yep. they, they don't really get served challenges right away. Like they kind of get babied a little bit and then when they finally reach their first real challenge they like they they kind of fall apart mentally mm-hmm. and then it's like they don't want to just bounce right back and get back into it. So I think it's good that I'm facing like top level competition so mm-hmm. that when, you know, in the next couple of years, I feel like it'll be more, you know, my time because I've got these experiences out of the way. Mm. Yeah. Um, I get what you're saying too about, uh, I'm not like, you know, there's people that 
they have I don't know if you know padded records, but I know exactly what you're saying. Um, once they hit like um, you know real adversity, um, they do crumble. And you know, like you said, it's it's really good that you're facing um, tough competition early on. <clears throat> but um, mm-hmm. Brooks, so um, what drives you like in your combat sports career? Is it is it like big paydays, money, or is it like the glory and the challenge, like just being the best? I think you kind of answered that. (laughs) Yeah, like, I like the challenge, like, the glory. I'm not going to lie, like, in the middle of my career, like, I feel like right after, like, I did all the free fighting as an amateur, I feel like I kind of, part of the reason, like, my mind and heart weren't in the right place was because I did want the payday. I was like, you know, I put my time in to my amateur career I fought for free I fought hard you know I put a lot of hours in the gym like I want to get paid now Mm -hmm. and I want to just be a full-time fighter you know like that that was really what I wanted and I guess that's why I wanted the payday was so that I could you know train full-time and like do what I really love you know and stop working the part-time jobs and the crazy hours yeah there was a lot of times, like, when I fought as an amateur, like, I got a knock, head kick knockout, and, like, I had to fly, like, um, a 14-hour day the next day as a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, like, <laughs> wow. was, like bittersweet when I was an amateur. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, that's why I think, like, when I went pro, like, I put too much pressure on myself to, like, make those big paydays. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to get paid. I need to, I need, need, need this. And it's like, no, I just needed to, like, focus on, you know, like the, my love for the sport and then the rest would, you know, follow. I think mm-hmm. if you treat it like a means to an end, that's where like, you know, your priorities kind of get screwed up. And I learned that the hard way, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I think that's what I put too much pressure on myself mentally. Like I was like, I have to win versus like, you know, I'm going to win. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, like I said, I think, taking the time to like slow down and think about those things and like be honest with myself about those things was good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now I just am like, who cares about the payday? Like, obviously like there's times where I'm like, Hey, like don't take advantage of us fighters. Like there are some promoters out there that, sh- you know, they'll be like, Hey, you want to fight for $200? I'm like, bro, my medical is going to be like, <laughs> you know, three times that like, be be fair you know right right i don't think you should be unfair to fighters and i don't think promoters should listen to this and be like oh well male will fight for you know nothing because Mm -hmm. that's that's not okay like no it's not i know what i bring to the table Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm not expecting like a fifty thousand dollar check right yeah i I don't expect i just i don't i don't have huge expectations Mm -hmm. but i have been given some purses and some things where I'm like, dude, like I can't even cover my travel expenses or medicals with any of that. Right. Right. And I know what you're making on ticket sales. I know how many people are going to tune in and watch this if I post it. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, (laughs) you have to be, you have to treat people right. And I think sometimes because people know, like I don't have big representation, Mm -hmm. they try, they do try to kind of like get over on me. And that's Mm -hmm, where I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to just, take a step back and have a standard at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have somewhat of standards. Like I said, I'm not trying to big league and act like I'm worth a ton of money, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, I do have to eat like, you know, yeah, absolutely. I do have to pay for my medicals and travel out to wherever the location is to fight. And like, I know I bring an exciting 
fight to whatever promotion it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I've competed in jujitsu or fought, it seemed like it's kind of blown up a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I've been promoted, like, you know, by Flow Grappling and Fight Past and mm-hmm. a lot of, like, well-known um, promotions. So I'm kind of like, hey, like, like I said, be a little more fair to me <laughs> if you're going to use me and promote, you know, your show. Right. And me as, like, the main poster. Like, give me a little bit of, you know, yeah. give me a little bit more than that. Um, You don't have to drop names or anything like that, but, I mean, um, have you had, like, insulting offers? Like, were you just kind of la- – like, are you out of your mind, you know? Like, yeah, like, I mean, I won't name any names, but it's like the, it's like $300, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to fight in, in two weeks' notice. Or like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars to fight on three weeks' notice. That's crazy. Like, yeah. And 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 I they know I'm desperate because I love to fight, mm-hmm. and that's what sucks is like it's this game of like playing on somebody's emotions and mm-hmm. someone's love for the sport. It's mm-hmm. like I like I said I don't think I'm worth a shit ton of money. I know promotions do have a hard time promoting shows and selling tickets, but at the same time, if you're gonna throw me, like, and they want to throw me as the the you know, um, I want to say like, what's the, you know, the main fight, like a main event or yeah. Yeah. Like the showcase fight. Yeah. I'm like, you want to put me as a main event on the main card and Mm. you want to give me three or 400 or 500 bucks. Yeah. I don't get percentage of ticket sales because I'm, it's not my hometown. You're, you're trying to feed me to whoever, um, which I'm fine with because I'm always trying to be fed to whoever, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not the problem with it. It's just the problem is like, Hey, look, like, you're not even gonna throw in, you know. That's it's just yeah. Like, no, I get you. Where mm-hmm. like they're not trying to take care of you at all. Like they just are like, ha ha. Brooks doesn't have anybody that has her back right now, so mm-hmm. we're just gonna take advantage and capitalize. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of like it just and and also ask me to cut a ridiculous amount of weight and not, yeah. are not willing to compromise on that, mm-hmm. which I've expressed before. Like my weight class has changed. Like I want to go up to 35 and uh i'll do catch weights at 30 mm-hmm. and people i don't know what it is with maybe the opponent or whatever like they're like you know 125 or nothing <laughs> and i'm like you, you're giving me three weeks like mm-hmm. how am i supposed <laughs> and it sucks because like you know there was one fight i was supposed to do and i'm not going to name names i won't name the promotion right right probably guess when they see but it's like I, you know, I negotiate. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, give me at least, like, two pounds or something of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she, her, her camp, no. They said no. Oh. I tried cutting the weight. And I'm a week out. And I'm like, look, I really, I'm going to be honest with you. And that's the thing. I was like, I'm being hella honest about my weight right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really not going to be able to make it. And I'm not going to be that person that comes in six pounds over yeah. the day of the weigh-in. Like, I just, that's not who I am. I was like, look, like, can we do something? Can we negotiate the catch for really, really try? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, they're saying no, but just show up anyways. And I'm like, well, you're only paying me a couple hundred bucks. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to pay me at all when I get, th-? you know what I mean? It yeah. was like a matter of like, it, it just kind of sucks. So. Mm-hmm. It, that was the, one of the more frustrating things I dealt with because I was like, I'm so close to fighting, I wanted to fight. And mm. then the girl had the nerve to be like, to call me a chump online. I'm like, oh, jeez. I was mm. like, I, I, that, that made me furious. Steamed like, you up. Something back. I was like, you're the chump. Like, you wouldn't even go, offer me two pounds, like 128 yeah. on the dot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're the one that's scared. It's like, not, yeah, because so. it sounds like a tactic just to try to drain you out. Um, I mean, but like, it, 
isn't it beneficial to like not cut as much weight and do like a catch weight? You would think they would agree to it. Like, okay, cool. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I'm drained either way. Like even at the catch weight, it's like, you know, but I think, you know, it was just, it was a tactic. It was her hometown. It was like one of those situations where, you know, it was unfair. Most people would have just missed, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. just went in and like, but I never missed weight before. So I was like, shit, like I really, you know, don't want to, I really would like not want to do that. I feel like it's unprofessional. I hate when people did it to me. Yeah. So I was trying to be fair about it. And like I said, that's when they're like, oh, you're a chump. You're this. I was like, <laughs> like being professional. I'm telling that's you funny. what's up. Like, you know? Yeah. So, um, I just am like, well, I guess I'm just only accepting offers at 35 or up to 50 now yeah are you are you looking for um like good management and representation brooke or are you like trying to just do everything on your own going forward or are you looking for like a good manager and and someone to speak for you um i have management right now um Mm -hmm. but it seems like you know i haven't had much luck Mm. so i've been kind of doing more of the the legwork on my own Mm -hmm. um but in the future, like, just because, like, I I would like to get to know somebody, like, on a personal level and, like, you know, really connect with somebody before they manage me um, and, like, build, like, a trusting relationship. So I can see myself, like, in a couple years, like, willing to do something like that. But as of right now, I'm kind of representing myself. Um it's helpful, like, you know, to have coaches and teammates that'll, like, put their name out there for you, too, which is what's happening now is, like, mm-hmm. right before this happened, I talked to my coaches. They're like, hey, we want to put you on. So I think as of right now, I'm going to kind of keep it at at this. But, you know, eventually, like I said, I would like to open it up and see what else is out there. Because right. when I did sign with my management, I was very, like, new this whole game the sport so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would be nice to kind of like you know see what else is out there i've seen other people's managers and i've seen people post about their management so Mm -hmm. it seems like there's some good good people out there yeah and it'll it'll open up some mental space for you too where you could just focus on training and, and getting better you don't have to worry about negotiating or you know going back and forth and so I I wish you you know luck with that. Um, just a couple of more questions, Brooke. You you've been so gracious with your time. I'm so appreciative. Um, so your your favorite uh, binge junk food? Do you eat junk food? Ooh yes, I do eat junk. Food. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually quit during this quarantine. I um I got like a lot healthier because I was like it's a slippery slope right now for everybody. Yep. So I was like I went pretty healthy and I've been keeping my weight down. But if I do binge, I you know I really love fries. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I love, like big, like I'm like I'm more of a salty than sweet person. Mm-hmm. So like I like. Just love like any type of fries. Like I could straight be like sweet potato fries, regular fries, <laughs> garlic cheese fries. <laughs> There's like I I have a problem with the fries. Like I love like I don't know. It's almost better than the sandwich itself to me sometimes. Yeah, I always eat my fries first. And That's then funny. Eat, like, half of my sandwich and then I'll, like save for later or something. But I like. I just realized I'm like I have an obsession with like fries <laughs> and chips, like stuff like that. Oh, really? Like chips? That. Yeah, I like chips too. What are your favorite chips? I like um, sour cream and cheddar. Um, I'm a big mm-hmm. like uh, microwave popcorn guy too. I know it's terrible for you, but 
Um, um, there's some healthy ones though. Like I've noticed, like they've been getting more creative with like healthy options, like with microwave popcorns, with chips. Like I like Zap um, Voodoo chips. Okay. Have you tried the Voodoo. I haven't. Oh, dude, you would love them. Like, there's, like, it's, like, this tangy, it's, like, different. Like, if you like the sour cream and onion, you probably would like these. I like salt and vinegar chips, Oh, too. yeah, those are good, too. <laughs> yeah. Like super strong taste, but mm-hmm. it's, like, I don't know what it is. Or, like, rosemary garlic. Like, oh, those are good. Yeah, those are really good. (laughs) Yeah, back in the day, this this sounds gross, but I used to get like a giant um, one of those like vats or buckets of the cheese balls, (laughs) and like you know just binge watching like uh, I don't know movies like Twilight Zone or something. Oh man, I like I like junk food too. Pizza. Uh, You're a big pizza person. That's funny. Um, I love pizza so much. Like pizza, I mean, like I'm in California, so like obviously, like Mexican food, like tacos and burritos. So good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's like this awesome uh, taco spot near where I live. Um, they make like like real, you know, Mexican tacos. Like, ah, oh, so damn good. Um, so Brooke, um, so favorite thing to do when you're on your own time in like relaxed mode? Uh, what, what do you like to do for fun? Well, this is, like, so, <laughs> I'm, like, really into animals, so, like, I just love, like, playing with my dogs, and then I also, like, I got a bunny and a hamster recently. That's cool. <laughs> During quarantine, I was, like, I want animals, <laughs> but I want, like, a tortoise, I want a bunny, I want a hamster, so I ended up getting a hamster and a bunny, which That's my cool. fiance was, like, what the hell is the zoo in here, like, stop <laughs> with the animals. Yeah. That's funny. I like to just like really relax, you know, and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts, you know, but I'm not really like a big TV person. Like I usually am like, it's hard for me to sit still, I've noticed. So like, I don't watch a lot of shows and just lay around. Like I'm always like messing with my animals, Mm -hmm. playing with them, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Always on the move. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. um, No, I understand that. I'm like kind of hyper myself. So like. Um, when I was younger, it wouldn't get to me too much, but like, it's real. Like, the older I get, the more I want to like do stuff, and I feel like I'm wasting my life or time. So, like, if I binge too much, like, it bothers me. It's like I gotta get up and do something. I get like antsy. <clears throat> but um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's bring yourself to relax sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, hiking's cool. So it's kind of like a, a, a workout, but it's like you know you're meditating, you're out in nature. That's another fun thing for me anyway. Um, So, Brooke, uh, last question um, or question. It's it's a little deep. It's a little deep. So um, who's who's been your biggest inspiration for like either um, BJJ or MMA um, or your biggest – you could touch on both if you want, but – or your biggest inspiration in life in general? That's a good one. This is a good one. Well, like, I obviously, like, Nick and Nate really inspired me a lot just because, like, you know, they took, like, a really hard path, like, when it came to, like, they they didn't take the easy way out ever in their career. So, like, they're, I definitely can, like, you know, I definitely really am inspired by them and how they train and just how they live their lives. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck, Chuck Liddell really inspired me a lot. Like he just, I just loved his attitude. He was just like such a tough, tough dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, those fighters, like I, they really, really inspired me a lot. Um, and then like my family, honestly, like really inspired me a lot. Like my mom and dad, like I, they always inspired me because like whatever I wanted to do, with sports or with anything, they're just like, hey, like, here's how you set your goals. Like, here's how you get what you want. And um, they, they've inspired me a lot to just, like, be better, you know? Like, they, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't always love what they tell me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I understand that. They love, you know? So yeah. I, I appreciate what they've done for me and, like, how they've made me tough and how they've made me, like... <clears throat> You know, like how they've taught me how to, like, you know, just follow through with things and never quit. And then um, my siblings, like each of them, like were really great athletes and they were really awesome, like in school and anything they ever did. Like my little sister, uh, she just got accepted to Davis and she's gonna go play soccer over there. So wow, she's working out triple days right now. So I like she inspires me a lot too. So to to get after it, right? Yeah, like it's just like cool to see, like you know, she. I remember she's a baby until now, like she just turned eighteen, and she's like, you know, go really going for everything and doing all the extracurriculars, like leadership and graduating. So mm-hmm. it's just like my family's been like a big, you know, inspiration influence on, you know, who I am and how I conduct myself, like with fighting for sure. That's awesome. That that's great. You've had that support. Super cool. <clears throat> so so Brooke that's it that's all I had for you um I want to just say uh thank you so much for talking to me it's been an honor you're like badass you're awesome thank you so much for having me on I really appreciate you taking the time and like giving me this outlet it means a lot so yeah. I, I had a lot of talking to you these are great questions <laughs> thank you Brooke thank you I really appreciate that but um enjoy your day and I'll see you the link soon and uh talk soon all right sounds good thank you